Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. I just dropped the latest episode earlier today that covers the latest Xbox controversy, plus also as well, of course, we cover what's going on with WrestleMania, all the controversy there in the main event, and we also take a look at our Super Bowl picks there and also on Inside Sports Fantasy Football. So catch Inside Sports Fantasy Football and the Pop Culture Cosmos wherever you get your podcast. Homelander says a great win for the Lake Show and that it was indeed. And make sure uh, he's back. There you go. Make sure you go ahead and check out everything that we're doing, including, of course, tonight at 11 p.m., Lakers nightcap with this guy. Yes, yeah, Smiley right there, Joe Soro. Go ahead and check out what he's doing tonight at 11 p.m. Right there for you, Rob Van Dam. There you go. Cool Bro says, hi, Gerald. I told my parents Joe was drinking juice, not alcohol, on that one stream. He was not drinking juice, Cool Bro. But okay. Lying to your parents, don't, you know, I cannot condone that either. But yeah, it is what it is. Once again, please go ahead and check out Joe Sorrell, Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. And of course, he is Ox1947 at Lakersball, Lakersball.com. Also, want to go ahead and mention our good friends, Lakers and Five, Empire Jeff TV, John McKinley and Channel, John Costa, who will not be here tonight. He's a little bit under the weather. Hopefully, he uh, feels better soon. He takes care of Lakers Corner and Clutch Talk. Also as well, Daniel Brary Sports highlights all these great channels. Please support them. And please also, you know, speaking of supporting, click on the little Joe above the big Joe. That way you'll be subscribed and we'll like it and we'll appreciate that. And you'll get the latest notifications of when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Cool, bro. Cool, bro. Come on, cool, bro. I need Joe's to be. I need Joe to be a good influence, like Gerald, according to my parents. Okay, we'll start the show off with that. Joe, will you ever be a good influence on the show? I want to thank everyone for being here, <laughs> and we do want to thank you for being here. It is Gerald Glasser along with Joe Soro. The Lakers came in tonight. Second of a back-to-back at home at the Crypt with the New Orleans Pelicans coming in tonight. Uh, yes, we saw Danny uh, going into the locker room with Spencer Dinwiddie flying in from New York where he was talking to Mark Cuban about joining possibly the Dallas Mavericks. 
He today was in the bleachers with Rob Palenka, talking about possibly joining the Los Angeles Lakers, with them playing tonight against the New Orleans Pelicans. And the New Orleans Pelicans coming off a strong victory against the Clippers. And in the first quarter, they lit the Lakers up for 39 points, but they could not even stop what was going on with the Lakers in that first quarter, 36 points. But it got even better for us offensively. I hope everyone got a chance to see that second quarter because the Lakers in that second quarter outscored New Orleans 51 to 35. That's right. They scored 51 in the second quarter. So with that, the Lakers took control of the game and pretty much put it into cruise control after that as they uh, never really let the Pelicans back in the game. I think they cut it down to six, maybe four, before the Lakers pulled away, put it in cruise control in the fourth quarter, brought in the subs late in the game. And the Lakers, with five players above 20 points tonight, Anthony Davis with 20, Rui with 21, LeBron James with 21, D'Angelo Russell with two big bursts from behind the arc, 6 of 13, 30 points for him, and Austin Reeves. 10 of 15, 27 points for him. And the Lakers cruise to a 139-122 victory. And here today to discuss and probably thank everyone for being here. Good man indeed. You got to go ahead and support him today if you are in the Southern California area and you need a new lawn that has all the weeds from all the rain all over the place looking all ugly. Get yourself a new lawn with Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. And of course, LakersBall.com. And Lakers nightcap, it is Joe Soro. And Joe, good to have you here. That second quarter, now mind you, defensively, it was not the shiny light of the world, but offensively, it doesn't get any better than that for the Los Angeles Lakers. 51 points in that second quarter. I don't remember the last time uh, five starters scored 20 points or more together i thought that was kind of an interesting stat and of course 51 points in the second quarter the lakers controlled this game virtually from beginning to end uh, reminded me of the celtic game to a degree there was a run in the third quarter where uh new orleans was coming back but what happens a lot in those runs and we know we've experienced that as laker fans you start running out of gas once you start to get close or even catch up and then at that point you, you hit a couple threes you're back to six, seven, eight, nine, and then the opposing team will start to deflate a little bit because they're just tired from trying to come back. But the Lakers played well tonight. I, I was uh, happy with them on the offensive end, defensive end. I don't know if we're going to have to start accepting the fact that there just no, there isn't any defense in the NBA anymore. Uh, that's just the the, the the cards that we're going to have to deal deal with. But um, I'm. I had no complaints. I know a lot of you guys were being picky during the playback. I didn't feel like being picky tonight because I didn't have a reason to be picky. Uh, usually they, they're terrible on the back end of a back-to-back, so I was very, very happy that they actually came out and did what they did. And kudos to to D'Angelo, who continues to uh, play really, really well, who has asserted himself as as a third star on the team, I, I, for our team, a third star. And then... AD playing with uh, foul trouble all game and still being productive as much as he was. So, uh, yeah, I'm satisfied with the win. And, of course, Denver uh, 
got deflated from last night's game. They got waxed by the, by the Kings. So everyone came out even here. The New Orleans Pelicans beat the Clippers. They get they lose to the Lakers. The Lakers lose to Denver. Denver loses to the Kings. So everyone came out 50-50 on, 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 on before, before the weekend. Um, there you go. Once again, it is the Lakers' fast break. The Lakers do win, uh, going away 139-122. to 122. As noted by Bloodhound, got to give him props for it. The Lakers, as a starting unit, scored 119 points, second most ever in team history. Absolutely outstanding performance from the offensive end. Defensively, you know, obviously they were going up and down. Uh, not much defense was was actually uh, concentrated on. We saw LeBron quitting on defense quite a bit, and I, I, I know that's something, again, we don't want to target too much because they shot so well and played so well on the offensive end. It would have been nice for more movement, but Otherwise, when you're shooting 50, 40, 80, Joe, that's usually going to get it done. I, we, we, we probably need to start understanding that this is what the team is going to be the rest of the way. There's not going to be next level matchup decisions. There's not going to be good plays out of the timeouts. It's been like this all year. I'm just curious to see if the Lakers are going to be able to sneak in with some kind of luck into this top six, but that would mean they'd have to run. They'd only have to lose six more games the rest of the way. And uh, looking at their record right now, they're 28 and 26. So 54 games in, if they lost six, yeah, six more, They'd win 50 games. Uh, from what they've shown this year, <laughs> it's not likely going to happen, but that's probably what they would need to do to get that sixth seed and, and, and avoid the play-in. Play-in could get scary if they play a really good team that they don't match up well against. Let's say uh, Dallas. Dallas, if if Luka goes nuts, is a problem, and that's the problem with the play-in is what if they play Dallas? And there's going to be a problem there, especially if Luca goes off, because I don't think they can stop Luca if he's on. And then you have other players on Dallas in Dallas that seem to never miss. So it's a lot of a lot of future watching here. At the same time, trying to figure out if this team has a run in them where they can win seven or eight in a row. I think they had a good chance if they had closed out last night's game. They would have had a really good chance. They'd be on a five game winning streak right now. And the schedule isn't that difficult for the next week. The, the very winnable games against Detroit, against Utah, even though it's in Utah, you got Golden State in Golden State, and then you got San Antonio at home uh, to uh, to finish off next week. So yeah, so I'm, um, you know, the, the grind of of the NBA season here in January and February. Usually it's January, February is like August and the end of July in baseball. It's that grind that tends to kind of lull you to sleep and it lulls a lot of the players to sleep because they're they're starting to get that kind of like, okay, I'm ready for the playoff kind of mode. Problem is in the NBA is January, February, you still got to wait till mid-April to get out of that funk, which is, which is difficult. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. 
and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, so you had watched The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. (laughs) (laughs) Well played, sir. Well played. Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks, to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, the Lakers do win 139 to 122. Joe, I want to ask you this. The Lakers get three days off, much needed days off, before they go into another back-to-back against Detroit and then closing out before the All-Star break in Utah. This is that one game you were talking about all the month of February that they go out of the Pacific time zone. If they could close out without you know a 2-0, and they're... they're 28-26 now, ninth place in the Western Conference, nine games back still. But if they can go and finish out before the All-Star break with 30 wins, kind of makes things a little bit easier for the Lakers to compete on the other side of the All-Star break, my friend. So the Lakers are 4-1 and one this month. They win, they beat Detroit, and if they can squeak a win out of Utah, you're, you're talking about a bit, you're going to be off another week because of the All-Star break. And then you come back and you play – um, Golden State and then San Antonio again on a back-to-back. So they have three consecutive back-to-back tilts. And after the Utah game, that's when that's a month full of non-all-Pacific uh, standard time games. That's a whole month. They don't have to deal with the time zones. So they're going to have to make a run here, Joe. They're going to have to make a run here. Great. Got to make a run here. And I'm talking, if they're playing 20 games in that span, I haven't counted the games exactly. But do you blame me for being not as optimistic as you on it? Because I said this verbiage in the last week of December, heading into a month of January. I'm well aware that we are, we have Debbie Downer this year a lot. And I think we've lost viewers because of it. But in the future, I believe we will. It will benefit us the, the bigger that the show gets because. But no, what I'm saying is, do you? I mean, I'm hesitant to jump on that. Yeah, 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 no, 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 no. But, after what but happened last there night, there is a crowd out there that when when the Lakers win, especially when they beat a good team like New Orleans, they start to get really excited, mm-hmm. and they'll look at the Denver game as, look, we were in that game. It was tied with a minute and change left, and then you know. Denver went on a run. Problem is that kind of run that Denver went on at the end there was it just happened to be at that moment, but they've always allowed good teams to make those kind of runs in a very short amount of time. The Lakers focus, the Lakers discipline is, is, is really what's held them back this year. If you wanted to really pick a couple of simple things to explain their focus and their discipline is just not in a 48 minute game against an elite team. The question you might want to ask, too, is what's an elite team? Because, hey, isn't Boston an elite team? They're the number one seed in, in the East, and we beat them without LeBron and AD. So there's a lot of that, too. The only problem with that, guys, is 
when you win those games and then you lose and, and they've lost five, six, seven of those games they should have won, it, it's hard to get out of that that rut, even when they do beat an elite team or a competitive with an elite team. We're looking at this from a standing standpoint. They're so far below where they should be at this point. Every loss is magnified. If they were losing to Denver and they were 32 and 20, that's a different story. Hey, you know what? They played hard. Denver got their number tonight. It's a loss. Make it up for it tonight. And then they would. But the Lakers are in a position now where losses, every loss is almost like losing two. Because if the other team that's ahead of them wins, they're losing a, a game where they cannot afford to lose that game if they want to get a legit playoff seed instead of playing to the play-in again. So that's where a lot of the negativity, and I have the rabbit, ear, rabbit ears again up for the audio people. It's it's The problem is the play-in. The problem is starting on the road again in the first round and then knowing that you're probably going to have to play on the road for every game one and two the rest of the way it is extremely difficult it is it is harder to win a championship playing uh in on the road or having no 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 home court advantage from round one to four or being in the finals than it is to pitch a perfect game in baseball that's how rare it is to win a title when you're seated that way. So that's the problem. And that's where it doesn't, for us Laker fans or any coherent Laker uh, basketball fan, that's the problem. That is, that's, that's the issue. Are, is the Lakers going to defy the statistic? Uh, we don't know that. Probably not. But I'd like to think that this little cushion that they have in terms of their schedule being in one area without having to worry about jet lag and things like that. This is the time to make up a lot of that ground that you lost in December after the, uh, the tournament. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 139 to 122. Joe, I noticed earlier today, the odds here in Vegas uh, kind of got reset after the trade deadline and the Lakers have their odds have decreased from a plus 2,000 to plus 5,000. I know you're not big on gambling, but essentially 20 to 1, they've now fallen to 50 to 1. So even Vegas has lost faith in the Lakers. If you were to go ahead and, and tell some of these people out there, again, we're always called Debbie Downers, negative, whatever. We just tell it to you like it is. We told you what was going to happen at the, around the trade deadline. And it did exactly the way we planned. We hear Locked on Lakers. We hear all of our competitors and their shows sound similar to ours have been sounding for several days. With that said, do you think the Lakers still, once they get healthy and right as a unit, a 10-man unit coming off the All-Star break, can make a surge to make some noise in the Western Conference? No. Okay. They're too, defic they're too deficient in too many fundamental areas. And uh, some of it is the coaching. Some of it is the talent on the defensive end from valuable players that the Lakers have, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell. The only way you could have convinced me maybe that they could get around that is if they won those earlier games and put themselves in a good position from the beginning. They can blame injuries all they want, but 
if you run a system that that can cover you for two or three games, you, you you're winning some of those games, and that's the issue. You you have to win games, even if you have little. Every team has knickknack injuries. Every team has that. Uh, you know, Julius Randle was out for the New York, New York Knicks a few times, and they're still winning. They still are seven, eight, nine, ten games above five hundred. Denver didn't have Jamal Murray beginning of the year. They're still obviously, you know, one seeds, two seeds, whatever it is right now. I haven't looked at the standings today. So, so, excuse me. So, with the Lakers, is it's the results that have that have caused our uh, pessimism, if you will. It's 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 they're only two games above five hundred. That's a terrible position to be in right now. They needed probably six or seven of those games. They should have won so that some of the losses that they do take don't take them out. Thank you, uh, Henry. Appreciate it. What what is he saying? What is Darvin Ham saying that's so offensive? Or the individual uh, impersonating Darvin Ham? What Homelander TV are you? (laughs) Hello, Darvin. Hope all is well, Darvin. Good, good game for the Lakers today. Good game for the Lakers today. It's the actual Darvin Henry. <laughs> I'd say he's a little bit busy. I'd love to hear his post game comments. Uh, and if they do come up, I will go ahead and translate it here on the show. So, so Frank makes a good point. I, I forgot to use it, uh, the Mavericks as an example. They they've had injuries all over. And when your coach is making excuses, that's usually a really really bad sign. Thank Both. you, Kenneth. This was the guy right here, Joe, that did call you out. This was the guy that did come on the show and did want to talk to you three years when you first came on. And I appreciate Kenneth, you you being a, a loyal viewer for so many years. Thank you again, my friend. Let me know when you want to hop back on and uh, and uh, chat some Lakers with us, my friend. So, uh, eight oh five. I don't think Dinwiddie is going to be a Laker. Uh, if it's if it's it's going to be purely a, a, a money decision for him. He can get up to four million dollars with Dallas, and he can only get a million and a half in L.A. If you uh, factor in California taxes, he's probably going to get paid about then agents and managers and whatever. He probably and takes he, home. About and he was and he was talking to Mark Cuban at the Dallas New York game yeah, last he's night. Probably taking home about six hundred thousand out of that one and one and a half. Where if he goes to Dallas, there's no state tax there, and Mark Cuban's really good at adding butter to the to the bread. Uh, if I if I if Spencer Dinwiddie is not a Dallas Maverick. Uh, at the at the end of this, I would be in shock. We'll see what happens, but it is the Lakers winning tonight, one thirty nine to one twenty two. It is Joe Sorrow, aka Ox nineteen forty seven, and me, Joe Glassford. Thanks so much again for watching, and listening, uh, Kenrick. Truly appreciate uh, you joining us. Welcome, and be- thank you for being part of the Lakers fast break. So when it comes right down to it, look, Joe. They do have the chance to close out with 30 wins. That gets them more in the conversation. You're saying that they don't have a chance to make some noise in the Western Conference coming out of it. Not even if they get Cam, Vando. I mean, Vando's still ways away. Cam could come back conceivably after the All-Star break. We don't know the status yet fully on Max Christie. uh, But this team, if it does get healthier, maybe gets a bio candidate can at least make uh, some noise in the first or second round of the playoffs, possibly? Uh, the problem with Spencer also from a basketball standpoint is he's not playing well. Mm-hmm. He's not shooting well. His defense is not good. That's uh, – you're not uh, – you're 
you're complicating the situation at this point. At least we've, we've been dealing with Torian Prince all year with his choppiness. Uh, I, I doubt that you, and he's shooting better than Spencer is. So I, I would, I would, if he's shooting bad in Brooklyn, what do you think his percentage is going to be in LA? I just, I, I, I would have to see a miracle happen there for him to start playing well. The, let's say he decides to take the pay cut from Dallas and go to LA because he wants to come home or play in LA or whatever. And maybe he's inspired by having AD and, 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 and LeBron there. I mean, it could happen. Anything is possible, but it, the likelihood is probably not there. The pressure of LA is very, very hard. And the second that he starts playing bad, he's going to get destroyed by the fans. And then he's probably going to start, you know, saying the hell with this. I made a bad decision and things like that. But we'll see how this plays out. But there's no buyout candidate that's going to make a difference to me, I think. Not even point, Joe Harris, if he finds his range again? No, no. That's that, the one that, has, that, has, that has Capono written all over it. That has Jason Capono written all over it, Joe Harris. When somebody gets let go, that's usually a bad sign. That that, that player doesn't just all of a sudden materialize into... Well, injuries really have slowed down his career. Availability is an ability. Availability in a lot of ways is just as important as anything else in, in, in terms of your skill set. Thank you, Kenneth, for the kind words. Again, let me know when you can stop on by. We'd love to have you back on the show. Once again, it is Joe Soro and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much again for joining us. Lakers do win 139 to 122. So if that's the case, Joe, what should the team start preparing to do then, you know, with the all-star break on the horizon after another back-to-back game on Tuesday and Wednesday, Joe. I I would like to see the team really, really, really regenerate itself. LeBron and AD are playing an all-star game, so they're going to have to do what they do. But I'd like to see the rest of the team really, really, really focus and really start getting themselves ready for the stretch run here. It's going to be important that D'Lo continues to play the way he's played. Austin's been playing very well. Torian Prince is Torian Prince. We're going to have to take what we can get from there. Jackson uh, Jackson Hayes has been phenomenal uh, lately just in his ability to just do the basics, you know, screen and roll. I mean, he's the hardest role, like uh, Stone said. He's the only guy that rolls really, really, really hard. Uh, We need more of that, the energy, getting those offensive rebounds, getting those dunks. He's been good around the rim. Uh, LeBron, LeBron, I, I'm hoping down the road he can maybe, because he's been lacking on the defensive end and hasn't really pushed himself too much, maybe maybe it's, maybe it's we get lucky in that he this serves a purpose and that when it gets to the end of the season, he can kind of muster up a last run where he could be LeBron. But it's going to be very difficult. That's why these seats matter. That's why... Winning games and trying to get into the playoffs instead of having to deal with extra games and play-ins and all that, and was hoping for a, a, a maybe a first-round home court advantage situation. You know, doesn't look like we're going to be able to get that, which means it's going to be even harder to, to to make a run. And that's really what it's based off of. You try to base your assessments on what you see and what's what what has history told you about a particular setup, and particular setup is I only remember one team that had won all four uh, series on the road. 
and that was the 95 Rockets. In a time when Jordan was had just come back and wasn't ready to compete for a title at that point, if the Bulls or anything like that were, or Utah was a little bit ahead of their little run, I don't, you know, probably wouldn't have happened. And of course, if Orlando had just made a couple free throws, they probably would have beaten the Houston Rockets in the finals. But again, the the point is, history's not on the Lakers' side. History's not on this side, and we're gonna have, we're gonna have front row seats here to see if they can make history. Maybe, maybe, could happen. I mean, it's why else would we be here? Why else would we we be watching? We're gonna see whether our assessments are wrong or right, and you all know that no one wants to be wrong more than I do. Cool, bro. Homelander is from the series The Boys on Amazon Prime, which is a TVMA, which is basically an R-rated television series. It's excellent. It's a very good television series, but one you should not watch until after you're 18. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Gerald Glasser along with Joe Soro trying to give uh, TV advice to those uh, that are under 18 not to watch stuff that's meant for over 18. Lakers win 139 to 122. Kenneth Stone says, if I can ask anybody, minus stats or numbers, I test right now. Who is the Lakers' best shooter? Seriously, I would have to go right now with D'Lo. Nobody is shooting better, possibly in the NBA right now, than D'Lo. Your thoughts? He's got to be the best shooter. In the, I mean, we now have a legit 40%-plus shooter in D'Lo. Oh, no doubt. Uh, D'Lo is... is- is shooting in the high 40s. He is shooting 47% from the field, 47% from three. Uh, you get that D-low and you have a shot. You have a shot to win more games. The issue is on the defensive end, but it seems like the NBA has a defensive problem as well. So if if it means that the Lakers have to score 130 points a game and if they can muster that, then I guess we're going to have to deal with it. Guys, guys, calm down. Uh, Prince is, uh, I know, a hot-button issue as far as uh, his overall play. He is not the 3 and D guy, I think, that, that we were hoping he would be, but he's coming off the bench now, Joe. He has played better and more consistently coming off the bench. I still do think he gets too many minutes, coming off the bench, Joe, but at least, again, we're getting outside of today, for the most part, like yesterday and the game before, we're getting a little bit more consistency from Torian Prince. Today was more of a low-key, 20-minute, only three points, plus 10. But yeah, just I like it better when he's coming off the bench, giving about 15 to 20 minutes a game. This, I think, is better suited for his talents, Joe. Sure. And sure. Rui's, Rui got 37. Just Rui, Rui, uh, Rui made up for the, the dud he had last night. This is something we, we do like to, to reiterate. Because when you, when you don't play well or you have a bad play and you make up for it immediately, that's okay. You know, you're, no one's perfect. Rui isn't a super superstar. He is a good player. So tonight, his play helped the Lakers beat a very good team and you know scoring 21 and 37 minutes hitting a couple three pointers hit nine out of 13 uh i believe he had the highest plus minus tonight so Rui did his job and then some and you can't ask for for more 
the fact that Anthony Davis was in foul trouble, interestingly enough, was a blessing in disguise because he only played 29 minutes tonight. Uh, LeBron played 38 minutes. Uh, so the Lakers were still coast to coast all game long with AD only playing 29 minutes. That's an encourage. That's encouraging. I think that's encouraging. Although I would have liked to to have seen LeBron not play as much, but it's very hard to have, to sit both those both of those guys too long. Now remember though the days when you first started and Kenneth Stone was really emailing us all the time, going after you. He got on, talked to you, became a part of the show. Now he's in Facebook. Listen to this, Joe. Laugh my ass off, Gerald. I used to be so hard on Joe, and now I'm like he's literally Socrates. Socrates Joe Soro. My gosh, you can see the ego, the massive ego on Joe Soro get even larger after that one, Kenneth. I'm tired of LeBron scoring his first point three minutes into the first quarter. He's the problem. I said it. So tonight he didn't give you anything on defense for, you know, obviously back to back 39 years of age. You could see him and most of the team tanking it on the defensive end because they were so hot. They didn't need to play really extended defense, but that's going to bite you. If you get used to saying yourself, you know what, we're going to just go ahead and make more shots than you because it doesn't always quite work out that way. You know, the, the, the scoring late in the first, isn't something that bothers me about LeBron's game. I used to see Jordan do that a lot. Kobe started doing it towards the latter part of his, his career. It's letting the team get its rhythm together. Cause when you're, Jordan or any of these great players, you can get in the rhythm anytime you want. Those guys are freaks. <laughs> and I don't mind that. The problem with LeBron, and I'm glad Kenneth finally has succumbed to, to what I've been saying for years about LeBron. And it wasn't tied to some stupid thing like the decision or whether he's going to Miami or Cleveland. I'm like, the system... <laughs> LeBron has never asked to be traded. He was a free agent, and he decided to go somewhere. What? What do you? What? What are you complaining about? That's how it works. My complaint with LeBron is, I have been told by TV, media, people that LeBron is some kind of messiah of basketball in terms of his intelligence, because he can remember a play from 400 years ago. Okay. I remember useless stats, too. It doesn't mean I can execute plays in the NFL or in the NBA. I'm sorry. Okay? Just because you have a good memory doesn't mean you have a high basketball IQ. What, what, what frustrates me with LeBron, especially in the latter stages of his career, is you would think that he would use his experience a little bit more. But I still see too many bad bounce passes. I still see too many terrible uh, executed layups, things like Things that I believe a player of his stature should not be doing. Uh, if if it's physical, you have to accept that. He's 39 years old with a lot of mileage. I understand that. But I'm not talking about physical, like not being able to shoot a three or get to a spot on the floor. Uh, you know, if you're six foot eight and you're under the rim, I'd like to think no matter how old you are, you can make that shot on a consistent basis. And of course, if you're as knowledgeable and as genius as he is, or as he proclaims, or uh, people told me he is, uh, I'd like to know. I'd like to think that you're not going to make consistent boneheaded plays like shooting threes 
uh, ill-advised threes, I should say, over and over again. These are important things to know. And LeBron, before then, the issue with LeBron was, why isn't he making the play that wins the game? Not the right play. And remember, folks, I'm going to say this again. There's no such thing as a right play at the end of the game to win the game. There's only making the shot. Making the shot is the right play. And if you're called the greatest of all time, or you want to call yourself the greatest of all time, yet you're passing the Cam Reddish when you're one foot away from the rim, that will never give you that title. That title should never touch you. Okay? That's like Shaq not being able to get the ball in the last five minutes of the game. You can never be the greatest if you can't be depended on when it matters. And for those who keep yapping about Shaq, 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 Kobe won those titles for Shaq the first three times, I want you to go back and watch those games and see who got the ball the last five minutes of the game. Thank you. And that's, again, I'm, I'm about as much as, you know, physical stature and ego. And again, my ego is the same right now as it was before I met Kenneth Stone and Gerald Glassford. My ego will never change. It's big. It's just what it is, guys. I was born this way. And it's just something you're going to have to accept. And with that has to come, though, if you're going to have an ego, it has to come with legitimate detail. Now, I'm not going to be right on everything. That's not that's not realistic. Just like a great player isn't going to make every last second shot or every smart play, things happen. But, you know, the majority of the time, I'd like to think I, I know what the hell I'm talking about. And whether I boast about it or not will always depend on, I guess, the situation. Sometimes I like to mess with people. And that's just something you're going to have to deal with, too. That's 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 kind of where I'm with, with that. Come on, Chad. Let's all get along here. There's no reason to argue with each other. My God, we won the game, for goodness sake. The Lakers do win 139 to 122. Joe, Robert Wheeler, welcome. Robert, to the Lakers Fast Break. Hopefully you'll like and subscribe to get the latest notifications that when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break. Excellent question by him. How many teams do you think, Joe, right now would beat the Lakers in a seven-game series in the Western Conference? Western in the, Conference. In the West, for sure, Denver. Uh, Oklahoma City's a young team. I'd say there's a chance the Lakers could beat that team. The way the Clippers are playing right now, um, and I think Phoenix, I think those three teams could take the Lakers out. That would be my assessment too. Right I now, think, right now, I think if OKC stays hot through a series, I think they can also beat the Lakers. Uh, Minnesota depends on which Minnesota you get. If if they can figure, Minnesota can play against any. Western Conference team, if they can figure out a way to keep Gobert on the floor. If Gobert gets played off the floor, then they will lose that series. But if they can figure out a way to keep him on the floor, which that nobody has been able to, Utah or Minnesota, in all these playoff series, if they can figure out a way to go ahead and keep him on the floor, that uh, they can be competitive with anybody in a Western Conference. But uh, that's a big if. I think yeah, to Phoenix, if you got all three of the guys, their top guys, really hot from the field, I think that's going to be tough for any team, including the Lakers. Denver, uh, obviously, we already talked about Denver. We know how tough they are. We saw that last night. And, uh, yeah, it, that's probably what I would go to as well. Yeah, those are those are the teams I would lean, to, lean on as well. Dallas, I think they could beat 
uh, in a seven-game series, even with their upgrades. I think they can also take care of the Kings, uh, Golden State, uh, Utah, teams like that if they faced off against them in a play-in or playoff series, Joe. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lean towards the West. By the way, now you've gone from Socrates to Leonidas from 300 in Kenstown. This is Sparta. Yeah. Sparta! Yes. This is Sparta. I don't know about the falsetto version of, of Sparta, but... Okay. Uh, again, thank you, Kenneth. I appreciate it. Uh, the warm uh, compliments make me even warmer. Thank you. Joe was right even before the Westbrook. No, he did like the Westbrook trade for a minute. I'm the one that... Yeah, Gerald... In the beginning. Gerald, Gerald uh, was... I wasn't here for that, by the way. It's all uh, it's all live and on the internet. The internet only lies when it needs to, Joe. Well, I don't think he was talking about the Westbrook trade. I think he said I was right even before the Westbrook trade. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, the the I think we did. We, if Delo would have been last night, this Delo would have been here last night, even with the struggling Austin Reeves from the outside. If we'd have had this Delo. From last, you know, tonight that that, that doesn't time. that wouldn't probably make sense, Hernan, because the Denver Nuggets played better defense last night than they did than the Pelicans played today. That's the reason why. Uh, and of course, for those of you who don't know, they got they got skewered by the uh, by the Kings tonight. So they were they they put out a lot of effort last night, and they ended up losing to the Kings in a blowout. This run here, it, it's it's going to be an interesting run. I just want the Lakers to to get really close to fifty wins if they can. I want them to get above the play-in. I don't want them in a play-in. That's my focus right now in terms of viewing this. Can they get the six seed? Can they? Do they feel like if they kill themselves, they're going to burn out at the end? See, that's the other question that I think they're worried about. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out, but we're going to be here to watch. Sean, it was just easy. The only thing is I had just, when I based off the Westbrook trade, it was just my assessment seeing the Lakers and how they played against Westbrook in that second round in the bubble playoffs, just understanding his game. And you bring that over just a short time later to the Lakers. I just thought it was going to be such a bad fit and, Turned out to be that way. And, you know, props to him. He's found a better role on the Clippers and they're until Wednesday were playing really well. So got to give them credit for that. But yeah, it just, it was not a good fit. You, I just saw it from the start, what it was going to look like. And ultimately that was the way it went. But the thing is, we're still paying for it, Joe, aren't we? We're still paying for that Westbrook trade even today. Yes, because you lost three players in that trade that were, KCP and, and Alex Caruso were were essential to not only the def- mainly on the defensive end, but they also did make big shots. They were very very uh, reliable in that area. They weren't. Thank you, eight of five. They weren't. They weren't the best three point shooters in the league, but man, when they hit them, they were really good. Kuzma, we we got on Kuzma a little bit for not being Richard Lewis, at least I did. I thought he had the size and the ability to be an end of the Richard Lewis. But he he wasn't. But he made up for it on the defensive end. He's got length. You've got now three guys that could play defense 
and two of them could really, really put a dagger in you if you if you sagged off them too much on AD and on LeBron, and they would make you pay. And then when even if they didn't make the shot, they would go back on the. Remember, guys, in 2020 and 2021, the Lakers had the number one defense in the league. And if AD doesn't get hurt in that Phoenix series, there's a very good chance the Lakers go all the way and probably beat. There's been some argument that they wouldn't have beaten the Milwaukee Bucks. I said to anyone that would listen, I said, Phoenix was one play in game three. And it's probably going on a sweep. I said, if the Lakers go up 2-0 against Milwaukee in the finals, they aren't losing four after that. So I, I truly believe if AD had not gotten hurt, I believe the Lakers would have went back-to-back in 2021. However, uh, they did panic. I was in support. I was in, I wouldn't say I was in support of the trade. I was thinking at the time, I said, Russell is no, Russell Westbrook is no longer a one. And after beating the, the Rockets 4-1, actually backdoor sweep, they, they won the first one and then they swept them after that four straight. I said, he's not a number two, but maybe he could be a number three. But we were wrong. And at that time, he didn't have the jadedness that we have now. I know that's not a word, but we weren't as jaded now. We weren't as burnt out. We were pretty ecstatic about the 2020 title. And the 2021 season wasn't bad. It just was unfortunate because the season started too quick and everyone... That like that every you know Miami and, and LA really ended up paying the, the the bubble tax in that season because they just couldn't be they just couldn't get healthy. So I'm not paid to be the GM. If I was the GM at that time, I probably wouldn't have made the trade. I'm pretty serious. I wouldn't have made that trade because something kept ringing in my head. And it was AD saying, let's just run it back. And it hit. It hit my it, – it I, I, I can hear it still. And when your star player is saying that, you got to roll with it. But then LeBron comes in and says, yeah, let's go get Westbrook, right? And then, you know, AD being the guy that, that's a community-type guy and rolls with the, with, the, with the crew, he probably said, okay, yeah, convince me a little bit. But I'm pretty sure that if I was Rob Palenka – I would have said no. Let's 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 give this one more shot. Let's give this one more shot, and then we'll decide on what to do next. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Cool wants to know if you have a Lakers jersey. I'm pretty sure you do. I do, but I don't wear uh, jerseys anymore. Uh, my mentor in the broadcasting business said something one time when we were sitting and listening to one of the radio broadcasts we were doing. And he's, I, I was bragging about how I got my wife a Ben Roethlisberger jersey, right? And his question to me was, you, you, you just bought a jersey of another man to put on your wife? 
And I'm like, I never looked at it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and then it quickly got back to me. And I, I, every time I saw a dude wearing another man's jersey, I'm going, damn it, John, why did you tell me this? Now I can't even like think about anything else. So I don't wear the jerseys anymore. If I do wear a jersey, I have to put my own last name on it. Yep, Kurt <laughs> called it right there. I haven't had a chance to do that. Uh, and I have some really good jerseys, too. I have Super Bowl Forty jersey of Palomalu. I have a Lamar Woodley jersey, number 56. I have a Greg Lloyd, 95. Terry Bradshaw, 12. I have a, I have the original Black Mamba jersey of Kobe. This is before it was... It was an Adidas uh, brand before they uh, before they made the official Black Mama jersey. I have a Lower Marion Kobe jersey. I have a number eight Kobe jersey. I have a thirty four old before two thousand uh, Shaq jersey. I have a good I have a good amount of jerseys, uh, and but I don't wear them. The Lakers jersey, Kurt, just to let you know, in the left corner of your screen, it is a Glassford jersey just to let you know. So. Uh, Henry, uh, the only one we got on Sean about was the Spurs one. He wore a Spurs <laughs> he wore a Spurs jersey one time, and we told him, dude, what are you doing? This is a Lakers jersey. You told him that. Well, yeah, I told him that. Sorry. I like to say we because we're a community. Okay. It's a habit. You know, well, remember, yeah, community. but remember the blanket, my friend. We All right, I said there. it. I said, no, that's not going to fly. He wore a Iverson jersey, which I, I didn't say anything about because Co uh, Alan Iverson has worn Kobe gear. And I, I that, that one, I guess that one was kind of a, that one was okay. The Spurs one was not good. Sorry, Sean, if you're listening, that was a bad idea. I, I You wouldn't catch me wearing a Spurs jersey if I was dead. Uh, Sean said he has a uh, he has a Cedric Zabalos jersey from the Laker days. You got a Cedric Zabalos jersey? Then you, I know, I know how deep you that runs. Cedric before he went to Lake Abbasu. Look, I, I look at that whole situation actually. Now that I think about it, I, 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 Cedric Zabalos was a great Laker. Okay, he played well. wasn't a star, but played well. Was on some teams in the mid nineties that. Made a couple runs, beat the Seattle Supersonics, and him and Nikki V and the crew, uh, they they pushed the Spurs that year too. Very, very, very exciting year, even though we knew they were going to go all the way. Uh, and then, of course, decided to go to Lake Havasu and force Jerry West to, to trade him. And what did we get for Cedric Sabalos? Robert Ory. So Cedric Sabalos and all you Cedric Sabalos jersey-wearing people, I salute you. Thank you so much for your service. Three championships later. All right. Henry Henry Hill wants to know, our man from Courtside Lakers, what's the story about Cedric Sabalos and Lake Havasu? I don't know the details. I just think he kind of went AWOL. That's all okay. I heard. All I see is, yeah, Lake Havasu, Cedric Sabalos, going to look – let's just say it's a stuff of legend uh you know when it comes down to it he went a little bit off could you say that joe went off goes yeah he just decided to go just yeah decided. i know he went AWOL. Yeah. 
it wasn't I had never I have never heard that it was some kind of took us on vacation. Yeah. I I I would say there might have been some hallucinogens that made him do it too. Possibly. I've never heard anything. I'm gonna put it in the chat now. Let me go. I'm you know, I'm let me make a bit LY. Uh, before you go, Joe, I'm going to make a bit of why of it because it's such a long uh, link. So I'm going to go ahead. Henry, I'm going to make a uh, of the story. Let me go ahead and make that here in a sec. But Joe, before we leave, do you think the Lakers can close out with 30 wins before the end of? I feel comfortable that they'll win in Detroit, but Utah is always, a, 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 you know, it's always a crapshoot on that one because Indians in Utah. And it's at the back end of a back-to-back. The Lakers have yet to win both games on a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. I would say safely it'll be 1-1 with a little bit of maybe some energy knowing that they're going to have a week off. Maybe they go mm-hmm. into Utah and, and then take that one as well. Okay. So I'm going to put this in here. It is, of course, the legendary story about Cedric Sabalos going to Lake Havasu. Going to go ahead and put it right now for you. It's going to be a shortened link for you, so it's not all drawn out. So here it is, folks. While you're watching Joe coming up here at 11 p.m., you could go ahead and check it out. I put it there in the in the chat. It is right there. I think I'll go ahead and put it in the description as well. It is the story behind Cedric Sabalos, like Havasu, him leaving on an unauthorized vacation, what might have been involved. But, yes, that's uh, – from the archives right there, I believe, of Sports Illustrated. So you can go ahead and check that out indeed. So no worries, Henry. Got you covered on that. Uh, Sean said Cedric Sabalos scored more garbage points than anyone. You well, could that's be why right he was called the garbage man. Yeah. So uh, Kenneth Stone said, this is my last comment on the positive side. Grass being greener, LeBron is still starter for the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm riding till the wheels fall off. Again, 39 years old. Still's able to on the offensive end give you plenty. Joe, five starters, 20 plus points from all of them. We even saw Rui Hashimura give you what they need what he needed to give you on the offensive end. Really good and really encouraging to see this Lakers team shoot the way they did tonight. At least the starting lineup is concerned. Best best offensive output tonight than uh, of the year on the back end of a back-to-back with the help of a fresh D'Angelo Russell from his uh, <clears throat> knee thing. Yeah. Hooray for cortisone, if that's what it was. I have, he... take, I have taken a cortisone shot, by the way, and it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do want to ask you, though, Joe, uh, Z is saying, before you head on out and, and start up the nightcap, Z is stating that Vando, she believes, is out for the entire season. They just uh, weren't saying it out front. The Lakers are as of yet. Your thoughts on Van? I agree. I agree. Okay. He's done. It was a non-contact play, which means usually bad things. And my guess is there's some kind of fracture on his foot. And that that it's going to take a while to heal. Considering they were mentioning the possibility of him not being ready for training camp, and preseason, that means there might need to be surgery in the summer. Okay. Okay. But the Lakers do have some contracts here in the summer as well as their draft capital that they'll be getting at the end of the summer. There there could be 
there could be some movement there should should there be a player that that piques their interest. So it's not a complete dud. It is what it is. Lakers are playing well without him. They played this year without him most of the time. And uh, I, I would say the thought right now is that Cam Reddish can come and at least give them a little bit of that defense that he was doing. Not they won't, they won't, you know, offense will be a problem either way, but, and that's, that's really been the issue. That's, that's been the issue with the, he was just getting into that offensive rhythm that we were begging him to get into. That's the burner. That's kind of what the burners and, and Cam Reddish hopefully will be maybe a, a 75% of what, what Vando was. If he gets, if he comes back, it'll help the team a lot. And, he won't and, be coming back until after the all-star break. Yeah. And that's fine. That's fine. I, I, he's going to start where he's, I guess he just started working out yes. recently. So yes. they'll, they'll hold him until after the all-star break. So he's hundred percent. And then we'll see how Darvin Ham sets the rotations there. And that's also another reason why I don't think they're going to be picking anybody up from the, uh, Buyout market. From the buyout market. They would pick up Dinwiddie if, if he came here, but I don't I just don't see I don't see him turning down two and a half million dollars in Texas. So Joe, what have you got planned for a nightcap here coming up well, in we'll, five? We'll talk minutes. a little we'll talk a little basketball, obviously. It's the Lakers nightcap. I'll mention some things about the I'll mention some things about the Super Bowl and then maybe a little Dodgers too. Dodgers had an interesting day today with Otani uh, feels like a rookie again. Yes, Otani is uh, the real Otani. The real Otani uh, is is really not going to be there until next year when he can pitch. But the the, the Dodgers have, the Dodgers do have uh, a lineup now that they can at least throw out there. That is at least two pitchers that I that we know that we can depend on. Should there not be an injury issue, three. I'm going to have to see how. Uh, Good old Bobby does a year later. Kershaw, you all know how I feel about Kershaw. And Paxton, I you know we'll we'll see. I don't I don't I don't. The problem is, no matter how excited I get, I I still have to look at Dave Roberts at the at the end of that dugout, and when he's managing, it's always a concern because he is not good. Henry's asking, how do you feel about Doc Roberts? Well, stay tuned. I'll tell everyone how I feel about Doc Roberts in detail in about 10 minutes, in about, let's see, five minutes. Yeah, five minutes. (laughs) Joe be there. Uh, Please go ahead and join him. I will pop on after I go ahead and pop the post game up on audio. I'll go ahead and join him there. Uh, Probably about 15, 20 minutes in, but I will be uh, joining him there as well. Uh, hopefully giving some final Super Bowl thoughts as well. I know that a lot of people, Aussie was asking earlier, more Super Bowl thoughts from you on that. So definitely looking forward to hearing that as well. Tonight for a nightcap. So hopefully you will have a nightcap with Joe Soro coming up here in four minutes, my friend. So I will take everybody home if you want to go ahead and start that Absolutely. up. And- Again, folks, we'll, we'll be on nightcap here in about four minutes. I'll have a drink tonight. And you guys will, you're welcome to join me for the drink. And we'll talk. We'll talk basketball, obviously, and of course we'll have, we'll, you know, a little bit more talk about the Sun, Super Bowl Sunday, and and for some of us, some of our our friends in Australia, Super Bowl Monday. Uh, until then, uh, thank you for being here. Uh, very happy about the win tonight, and uh, to be continued here in about three minutes now.
Absolutely. But I will say again, truly appreciate you joining us. It is Gerald Glassford along with Joe Sorrell uh, right here for you. Thank you so much. Big shout out to Laker Nick and Stone Hansen. We're just an awesome part of our playback.tv slash Lakers fast break live TV coverage. Uh, Intel Wild, thank you for the super chat. <laughs> Joe, he can't pitch it, hit, stop it. Remind him also, Henry, as well about Doc Roberts. And of course, Intel Wild, remind him as well that he can't pitch and hit when in about four minutes here coming up here, right here on the Lakers fast break. Truly appreciate you joining us. I'm going to go ahead and stay with you here for just a couple of minutes more. It is the Lakers winning 139 to 122. Uh, the Lakers are now two games above 500, still in ninth place, nine games out in the Western Conference. They do have three days off. We'll see what that does for the standings uh, as when they come back on Tuesday to go ahead and play against the Detroit Pistons. You know, I know everybody's calling that a win, but uh, I want to make sure that it's not the Lakers falling into a trap. They almost did earlier this week against Charlotte. So let's hope that doesn't happen. It is the Detroit Pistons. They did win in Sacramento the other day. So uh, maybe they're playing a little bit more feisty now these days after the trade deadline. So we'll see what happens. It is, of course, the Lakers fast break. Truly appreciate you joining us once again. Lakers nightcap with Joe Soro comes up immediately after this goes off the air. Truly appreciate you joining us again. Looking forward to seeing if we can have a good Lakers weekend. Not sure what we're going to do and plan on for the weekend, but we are going to try and provide some programming for you. The Laker Hollicks, Laker Tom is still taking some time off. So hopefully he can join us here whenever he can. Maybe I can uh, get Jamie on the show and maybe Joe and I can go ahead and also have a conversation. In fact, Joe said he might be here in Vegas tomorrow. So I may have to look for uh, you know somewhere to hide, but we'll see. Kenneth Stone says, Joe, I swear if the Lakers lose against the Pistons, I'm gone. B. Jack Nicholson all over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah, I will definitely hear it from everyone out there if the Lakers lose against the Pistons on Tuesday after three days of rest that would be absolutely awful and then anybody who has hopes on the seasons for the lakers as far as their long-term playoff prospects if they lose after three days off against the pistons god help you god help you indeed but once again it is the lakers fast break it's gerald glassford thanks so much again for being part of what we do here as we now turn to Lakers nightcap with Joe Soro. It's going on right now. Hopefully you'll be a part of it. Joe's heading up right now. He's going to have a drink with you on Lakers nightcap. Looking forward to hearing what he has to say. And I will join him as soon as I drop this on the audio channels out there for our podcast listeners. I'll be doing that as well coming up here in the not too distant future. And I'll be joining, of course, like Joe Soro in the not too distant future as well, right here on the Lakers basketball podcast.